Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? How are you guys? How was your Memorial Day? I hope uh, you're all safe and healthy. I definitely enjoyed mine. I mean, you know, the day itself, uh, having off that Monday. Well, I shouldn't put my own situation on you guys. Maybe, maybe some of you foodies that are listening are essential workers or people that are working from home, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the holiday weekend. Got to enjoy that, you know, that uh, extended weekend, that extra day, because that's important. And you know what? I'm sure for a lot of people, you just need that little that break, that de-stressor day. So I hope that's what it was for you. You know, it's a day to honor all those who have served, are serving, who made the greatest sacrifice that you can for our country so we can enjoy our liberties here and abroad. So thank you to all the men and women who have done so. I hope you are all safe and healthy and uh, got to enjoy that day with your family, your friends, your loved ones. I, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do for a Memorial Day meal I was talking with my girlfriend, and she suggested going downtown, um, and I had taken a bike ride earlier in the day, and there was a lot of people around, and there, you know, it's one thing if you're on your bike, but walking on the sidewalks and just a lot of people, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to stick in the backyard, but, you know, we had gone out the other day, and right now in Jersey City, I, I mean, I don't think technically to-go cups, you know, drinking in the streets is legal, but bars and restaurants are selling beers and cocktails, and some of them, you know, some of them tape them up at the top, but some of them put a straw in it. And, you know, so I had a frozen margarita, and they put the straw right into it. And you know, it's a hot day, and I'm only, I'm only human. I'm only, I'm only a man made of flesh, blood, and bone, and, and so I, I drank it. And I think right now, you know, the police, the are being cool about it and just letting you enjoy it, but uh, it's definitely, you know, it's not New Orleans, but it's, I think the law that was passed or ordinance or what have you, whatever it was, is in play for the next six months or 
or God willing, if uh, if we go back to normal before that time, then it comes to an end. But in Jersey City, I'm all for it. I want to go Cups. You know, what's the to me, what's the difference between getting drunk, inappropriately drunk in a bar and then going outside and being drunk in public? Or just getting inappropriately drunk in public the whole time? I mean... If you can't hold your liquor, you're not going to hold your liquor inside or outside. So it's just an unfortunate situation, I'm sure, of some you know, bad apples ruining it for the rest of us. But anyway, so I decided to grill. I made some barbecue chicken breasts, uh, corn on the cob, grilled some asparagus. And then for the first time, I mean, this is by no means a complicated dish, but it's a dish I don't think I've ever had before. I made some sweet potato potato salad. And I honestly, I've frequented enough barbecue places in multiple states, and I don't think I've ever seen it before. And I mean, you know, I easily found recipes when I Googled it, but it was it was really good. Uh, let's see what I put in. I put honey, mayo, uh, parsley, brown mustard, white vinegar, hmm, relish. Red onions. I think those are like the main components. It came out really good. You know, you're sp- I, I only microwaved the sweet potatoes versus doing a proper boil just because we were getting hungry. And so I uh, did that up. came out really good. And then the, you know, perfectly on time. We were finishing up a bottle of wine. And... Or however the melody goes, Mr. Softy, good old Mr. Softy. And um, man, I've been getting the a twist in a cone, and you know, the standards are usually what chocolate sprinkles or rainbow sprinkles, but I'm getting the cookie crumble on it, so it's like you know, the the, the cookie part of the Oreo just crushed up. Ooh, that hits the spot, so that was like the perfect. Memorial Day meal, you know, some barbecue, some ice cream, just listen to some good tunes in the backyard, and uh, yeah, so solid Memorial Day. The day before, got to see some friends, did some social, you know, distance barbecue. I had my first Impossible Burger, and you know, come on, guys. I mean, we we talked about it on the first first cut episode with Pat Lafrida. I think we must have talked about it with. George Motes, I'm sure, but you know, a couple of other guests. It was good. It w- it was it was tasty. I would I would eat it again. I'm not gonna order it at a restaurant. I'm not gonna buy it. But if someone's cooking it up, I'll eat it. Sure. And so I enjoyed it. It's a re- it's a really good substitute. But anyone that says, "Oh, this tastes just like you know a regular burger, a beef burger." And or or taste, I don't know. I don't eat a lot of turkey burgers, so if you want to go say it tastes like turkey, knock yourself out. All I know is that it does not taste like meat. Anyone that says that it does, I don't know what meat you're eating or how frequently you're eating it. It does not. But that's not me hating on the Impossible Burger. Again, I think it's a fantastic substitute. I I thought it was, I thought it was tasty. But it would never, ever replace beef for me. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Come on. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. 
what else? Oh, uh, the day before that barbecue with friends, I went into uh, Long Island City, you know, in Queens. I haven't been to the city in general in a while. I haven't been to LIC in quite some time. I revisited one brewery and then went to an uh, one I had not been to before. So the one I revisited was Big Alice. And I had been there, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago. I think that they were just ahead of their time. And with the, with the flavors that they were doing, they got this jalapeno rye. Ooh, boy, that is delicious. It's got that good kick to it with the jalapenos. It's a delicious beer. But I follow them on social media, and I saw that they had a couple of new releases. They had a hibiscus beer, which had some, like, I think, definitely sea salt, maybe some coriander in it. And then there was this brunch crusher. Man, I need to go back because I only picked up like two four packs and then I picked up some crowlers. Yes, crowlers, not growlers of uh, like the jalapeno rind, another one of their sours. But I picked up two four packs of the hibiscus and the brunch. I need to get more because these will become my drinks or at least my, my beers of the summer. I'll have my cocktails, but then these will be like my beers of the summer. Because I just want to have a brunch with my friends or we can do a uh, virtual brunch and I want to crush. That's why they're called brunch crushers because these beers are crushable. And I'm not going to pound them. That's not what I mean. I'm going to sip on them. I'm going to enjoy them. But they go back easy and they're delicious. I can't tell you enough. Check out Big Alice Brewery in Long Island City. Uh, you can go there and pick up some beer. It is delicious. And then the brewery I had not been to before is Iconic Brewery. The Nick part of Iconic spelled NYC. Clever. And uh, I went with my friend Brian, you know, my co-host of P.S. I Love Hoffman. P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, host of High School Slumber Party. The many time guest on here. And uh, he had been to it before but i think they changed locations or something like that last june point being it was my first time and we had a couple beers there i had like a green tea one i had one of their sours i'm enjoying my sours unless they're like too sour but these beers were delicious i talked to the owner bruno one of the owners and i was saying how right before all this went down we did a live event at yonkers brewery and i would love to do i was digging their setup i was digging the whole vibe there and said hopefully you know once this is all said and done uh once we get back to normal i would love to have him on the podcast and maybe even do like a live thing and talk to him the way i talked to the founder of yonkers brewing co john rubo that'd be a lot of fun because i had a fun time and i hope you guys uh enjoyed that episode as you heard it on you know itunes google play stitcher spotify but if you come and uh you know you come to the live recording you get to ask questions and you get to be on the podcast so that's fun anything else anything else um i think the you know before we get into this interview it's a great interview with chef claude lewis it's this is the last pre-covid recording i just like telling you guys because you know, there's just a difference between talking in person and recording over, uh, you know, the internet and stuff like that. I love being in person. So this is with Chef Claude Lewis. He is a Jersey City local. The Freetown Road Project is one of my new favorite restaurants. Antiguan food is, I'm like really getting into it. I hope you really enjoy this conversation because I did. Uh, you're just going to hear people 
kind of in the background because I was there. Uh, I think I showed up at 10, something like that. Point being, it was we were just sitting in one of the one of the booths that you would sit in as a customer and his staff, you know, the show must go on. The restaurant's got to open. So his staff was getting it already because, again, this was before the madness of COVID-19 and our um, quarantining and social distancing. So here I go talking with Chef Claude Lewis. Thank you again, Chef. All right, Chef. Thanks for uh, meeting up with me today. This thanks is, for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I uh, heard about you a little while ago because I had the ladies of Midnight Market on and they were raving about you. I even got to have some of your food at, you know, one of the, I guess it was last June, maybe? Were you? Yeah, at the, yeah like around, you know, because they do, you know, ones, not every month. I think they're on a little break right now. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like it was, they do every last thursday yeah and then they also do like every couple of months they do the market in harborside yeah yeah they're awesome they're beasts they are just out there they're creating <laughs> awesome food events for people to go yeah. to and getting people's names out there but uh for any foodies that don't know you please introduce yourself right now and uh, what you're doing my name is claude lewis i'm the chef and owner of freetown road project uh, in the journal square area uh caribbean cuisine uh, with a modern twist, and I'm a Jersey City native. Jersey City native. That was going to be one of my questions. So I moved here a couple of years ago. I'm a, a Bergen County native, pretty much on the border of New York State and you know, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But I, I just, I love living down here. So uh, maybe let's go to kind of the beginning. You're growing up here. What changes have you seen? I mean, right now we're just even, we're by Five Corners and Journal Square. Like, we've got a huge high-rise being built right over here. Right, right, right. I mean, so just even changes you've seen, you know, growing up here, just in general, and then especially the food scene. Um, when I was young, there weren't so many buildings. It was more of industrial. Okay, yeah. And, you know, like the, the, the Dixon Mills down there in downtown, and there are a lot of historical buildings that are gone now, yeah. but they back when things were being built back when things were being built out of them you know yeah, yeah. Uh, like hundreds of people working inside of them uh what do they call them factories uh and you know i went away to college after high school because i went to grammar school high school and everything here i went to hudson catholic and i went yeah. to nicholas copernicus in the heights okay um and then went to hudson community here uh i went to college for our institute down in florida oh awesome so i went for special effects and motion graphics that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an animator. Oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> but then when you come back up to New York, it's so flooded. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and I'm a freelance videographer. You're just preaching something. Living down there for 10 years and then coming up here, yeah. you know, you have no contacts. Yeah, yeah. So I cooked through my whole career, you know, and uh, when I came back up here, you know, I uh, decided to go to culinary school. But the changes up here, when I came back, I, there was a light rail. It was yeah. amazing. I was, yeah. I was like, you mean I don't have to walk from Jersey City to Bayonne anymore? <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it's really, in the past 15 years, so much has happened. Yeah. And then I moved back after leaving for college for, you know, that, that uh, period of time. And, you know, there, there's a sky, there's a skyline now to yeah. downtown Jersey City. Starting to, so starting to build up. It's really amazing. So, yeah. you know, I really wanted to be a part of the city that I grew up in in the you know progression that it, that's going on and try to you know put my family in it as well yeah just even the two three years i've been here just the changes that's happening in the 
like building landscape. Like you said, the skyline. I actually did a uh, a video for the Carpenters Union. I was in that high rise next to what used to be the tallest building, you know, downtown. And I was in that one that's like I think it's like seventy two floors or something Jesus like that. Christ. And it's funny because then you look out the window and you just see one world across the river, and you're like, that's eh, still that much <laughs> that mm-hmm. much taller or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just so many changes are happening. And the I mean, this is a this is a pretty diverse city. Yeah. And you're definitely bringing your own story to it in the food culture. But what did you, like, what was the food like here growing up? And then also just even for you at home, who was cooking? What were you eating? Uh, the food growing up in the area was more diner type. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of those kind of chains. So it was more communal uh, dining, which is something that we preach here because it reminds me of my childhood and reminds me of Jersey. You know, Jersey's known for diners yeah, the, and things oh, yeah. like that. Diners uh, and like Italian food, that's pretty... <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and believe it or not, you know, that was a huge influence of me growing up because Jersey was full of a lot of uh, Italian families Yeah, and, uh, you know, amongst... Uh, it was still very diverse, but there were a lot of Italian families. My babysitters were Sicilian. Wow, okay. So, and they were great friends with my, my parents. So, you know, actually, I ate a lot of the same foods, the cookies and, <laughs> and you know. All those rainbow cookies. Oh, geez. Oh. And, and the cookies that come in a little tin with the, the big sugar crumbles on yeah. top. I forget the name of them. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but, you know, um, growing up, a lot of people would cook at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was able to get a lot of the West Indian food um, that my parents grew up on here. Mm, yeah. And so yeah. that's why it's so it was so different than what was available here. It, it became a special thing. So every time they would make it, I'd be like, "You can't find this anywhere." Yeah, yeah. And, and I would be sneaking into my fr- my parents' fridge in the middle of the night to go snack on it again because I know if I go out and try to go buy some, I, it's not at school, it's yeah. not at basketball, but it's not nowhere. Is it good leftover? You know, there's a certain kind of food Absolutely. that you're like you love, like just going into the fridge and maybe even eating it cold or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it comfort. is. Yeah. A lot of it is. There are things that you know you don't even have to heat up, and you you it's just you so just good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's something that you cling to. That's that ratatouille thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh, like yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I know it's a cartoon, but that moment One of where, the best food films, yeah. Where he tasted it and got taken back. And it just zooms out to the childhood. And, and that yeah. right there personifies what a chef wants somebody to feel when they taste the food. 100%. If every person tastes the food and feels that, it's a success, even if I'm not a millionaire, which I would love to be, but that means more to me at this moment because I'm not a banker I'm not this I'm not that I, I'm a chef and uh, when well, you're a creative guy just like you said I mean you're you're an you know animator and creative graphics and stuff yes. like that like you just you just it seems like you're, you're very visual and you know yeah uh, I'm lucky to have um, a lot of art background yeah um, it allows me to almost roll with the punches with you know my my my, my wife created this with her father because he's a contractor so so they did the entire front here and my family is rooted in food so we made sure the menu was straight antique and and caribbean and the flavors and all that kind of stuff were there and luckily uh working as a chef for so many years and then also working down at porta uh for for four years and the chef for two years there uh, you know that allowed me to learn a lot of things about upper level management so i'm not jumping into a situation and then not knowing what to really do correctly. Yeah. You know, so it was a huge, 
huge blessing, huge, huge blessing. Yeah, just a lot of, you know, like over, I mean, hey, you know, just over the years, learning things here, learning things there, and then finally bringing it together for your own place here, right? Right. I mean, so growing up, um, did you have friends that were coming over and like, what is this? And were they trying, like, you know, before obviously you're a chef, were you getting the food out there in that sense? Yes. I, I mean, I still have friends from 30 years. Um, yeah. And uh, we were in a band. I was in a, oh, punk, yeah? a punk grunge band. Oh, there was, you go. What was the name of the band? It was called 3D Accelerator. Okay. Um, and when I was 14 years old, so I yeah. met all these guys in, in high school, and we got together at my house because yeah. my parents had a house on Liberty Avenue, at 320 Liberty Avenue. I'm going to buy that house back. There you go. But, um, you know, on the porch there, we'd be practicing or in the on basement. On the porch, yeah? Yeah, in the basement, <laughs> okay. you know. And, uh, Your parents of course, were cool with it? Uh, no, no, no. Absolutely okay. not. <laughs> But we had to eat, you know? Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah, we have yeah. everybody else's children here. She'd have food. And my best friend, uh, you know, Frank Rattoli, Italian kid from the from Jersey City here, mm -hmm. you know, he would sleep over and he'd be like, what in the world is this? Yeah. And he'd be eating some curry this chicken. chicken parm. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, the wings she would yeah, make are yeah, delicious. Yeah. Even down to shrimp scampi they would make. Yeah. You know, even though that's not a, a per se just a Caribbean dish, mm -hmm. it's just... The way that it was made with love, you know, family, and sure. you want to go back for more. What were you playing in the band? What instrument? Um, I was a drummer. Oh, man, I was a drummer too growing yeah. up. I, I kind of lost. I went into Guitar Center the other day to buy a little speaker thing because I was doing a live podcast event. And I was like, ah, it's going to be easier if I just own my own equipment or whatever. And I go in there and they had a they had a set and I sat down. I still have the set at my parents' house. And actually, I've got a niece that's a year and a half old. My dad brings her down there and she's like hitting it a little bit. I got this, you know, but I, I haven't played in so long, and I sat down like I was rusty. Like there was this kid, <laughs> there was this kid like next to me on like a on like a rubber kit or whatever, and I was like just like seeing him. I'm like, oh my god, this like eight year old was putting me a putting me to shame. That's all right, man, because you know you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is not going to make me any money. Yeah, well, I that, have to give it up. Yeah, man, that's what when I was like in high school, I was like, oh, maybe like you know, is it music? Is it film? And I was just like, you know, yeah, like video production. That's just like I, I love both a lot, but like that just seems the more financially stable. Yeah, I mean, thank, not that it has been, but thank God we got a chance to express ourselves. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? You don't want to regret and say you never. Yeah, you know, I got I got to do a lot. I was blessed. You know, my parents worked very hard. So yeah. I was like ROTC, an Eagle Scout. Wow. Okay. You know, I got to go to college in Florida and, yeah. and still have like all these roots from Antigua. So you know, I, I'm very humbled because of all, all the opportunity I've been given. You know, and yeah, uh, you know, not everybody gets the chance that that I've gotten. So when did you, you're down in Florida, you're going to school for, you know, like graphic design and all that and animation and what, like, when did you go, I think, like cooking and like becoming a chef is the way, you know, is the career for me? <laughs> Towards the end of me getting uh, my expensive art institute degree. <laughs> Towards the end of it. Because through the whole thing, I worked a beach place, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So okay. I worked at Sloppy Joe's to begin my yeah. career. And then I was downstairs. I worked at Iguanas. And then there was an Irish pub called Sally O'Brien's that I worked at for a number of years. And the Irish chef that was there, he was in the Olympics in 89. Wow. And, uh, you know, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. I mean, I peeled potatoes for a month after being the dishwasher because I was in school. And then I started checking orders in. They trusted me to do that. And then 
I started talking with the cooks, and yeah. there were some students of the Art Institute that were culinary students that worked there. Okay. So yeah. we had more of a camaraderie than I did with a lot of the art students. Um, and I think that's where I started really thinking, you know, this is something I really don't mind doing and I could get better at doing. Sure. Um, so basically, when I moved back up to Jersey after school, uh, you know, I had dreadlocks about two and a half, three feet long. I, to, I didn't have dreadlocks and it wasn't that long, but I had hair down on my shoulders too, man. But I think we're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and, I, and, and I cut them, you know, yeah, with yeah. The, hoping that I can get a career, you know, you know, look presentable, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and uh, it didn't work. I still serve tables. I think I've worked in just about every restaurant in Jersey City, mm-hmm. you know, from Light Horse Tavern to Lucky Sevens, you know. And, Lucky uh, Sevens, that's a... Yeah, and it was way <laughs> back... I worked at Lucky Sevens way when they used to put uh, sand on the floor for the beach parties. I don't know if they still do. Oh, they still they still do that. They do. Yeah. Wow, there's something else. And it's cl- and it's like kind of spotless the next day. Like they, it's impressive. They, they they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They have to. It's yeah. been a century. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, um, when I came back, I decided. I said, I, w- I was working in New York. I worked for um, Zach Young for a little while doing donuts, uh, the Prince of Pastry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for Flex Muscles in the City. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm doing so much in food. Yeah. And I'm still chasing this dream of being an animator. You know, why don't I just stick with food and see how far I can go? Sure, yeah. Um, so I, I would say probably 2010, mm-hmm. maybe 2009, 2010, I really said to myself, uh, I'm just going to switch over. I could still do, I, I could use Photoshop and stuff, but. Well, that's, that is the great thing about, I mean, a lot of creative outlets that you can still do stuff on the side. And, you know, like that's, you know, like, the, I mean, right now, I mean, as far as my jobs that provide income, they tend to be not exactly exciting stuff, a lot of talking head interview stuff. But this is my, this podcast is my creative outlet right now. Mm-hmm. And I just want to keep expanding from that and do food videography too and, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. we got to find those things to keep us happy. But that's awesome that you, you, you know, you find, it's, it's hard to make that decision, you know. I yeah, appreciate it's to that. pick one thing yeah. and then stick with it because if it sinks, then it's like, ah, you know. But, it's, but it sounds like over those years you were learning, you are working in different places and you are getting the vibe for like what you were into and like what you were good at and just you right. know, figuring, you know. Kind of grew a confidence in the yeah, field, yeah. you know, so that I could showcase it. Yeah. So when did, uh, when did Porta happen? Uh, Porta happened in 2014. Okay. Uh, I worked many different places, Chart House and Weehawken. Uh, like I said, I was out at Westside Bakery doing things for Cafe Metro uh, in New York. Uh, and after that, uh, actually, I was burning out. And right. I was thinking of going back to do digital. Okay. So I was on Craigslist. Craigslist? Looking for, you know... Side gigs. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. I always do that too. Looking for like wedding videographers. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I came across a pizza restaurant, Grove Street. I'm like, oh, wow. that's in Jersey City. They're posted on Craigslist. That's something. Yeah, they, they, at that time, I'm surprised that I found it on there. And I emailed them and they called me like 15 minutes later. And uh, when I went down to interview, they were like, we want you, but we don't know where. To put you, yeah, because Porta started down. Where are they? In? Are they in, in Asbury? Asbury, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Asbury. They started in 
2005, I believe. Yeah, and for any foodies out there that don't know, it's you know they're very much known for their pizza, right? Like that's right, their, Neapolitan that's pizza. Neapolitan, which is now, I mean, the pizza out there, I feel like, because right. then you got Raza, and it's just like... It's the just, ingredients. The, the yeah. ingredients and the, the style and how strict you are with it. People are very serious about uh, pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I had you, to get yeah. certified as a Neapolitan pizza. There's pizza a spe- there's a specific certification for Neapolitan. Mm, yes, there wow. is. Wow, what what goes into that? Uh, it's uh, well, there's a certain amount of hours you got to put in, right. and then what happens is, uh, well, for this chapter over here, Roberto Capruzio from New York mm-hmm. comes over and he makes sure your dough is proofed, you know, and the texture is supposed to be. Checks the mozzarella, he checks the ingredients. Wow, uh, there are certain things. The oven temperature is huge. You know, so once he checks these things and sees that your establishment is doing that and the chef and the pizza chef that are there, they get certified for upholding those standards and you get it on the front of your window. Wow. That's intense. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I, I enjoy Porta and everything like that. And I think it's I think it is very like pizza. There's very good. Maybe, you know, sometimes, especially on the Fridays and Saturdays, as far as the, the crowd, it starts getting a little uh Broy for me. <laughs> That's why I moved out of Hoboken because you know the oh, nickname yeah. for it is Broboken. Yeah. But uh, you know, but you know, there's some you know. I mean, hey, we're on we're on a different part of Newark Ave right now, but down there where they closed it off, where like Porta is and everything like that, it's definitely getting a you know a bit more of the. I mean, it's got the younger vibe and like, but yeah. you know, like it's fun. To, I like going out there during the week and then on the weekends it gets when there's to, not too many people yeah. and you can actually enjoy everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm yeah. Uh, you know, I, believe it or not, working in industry I'm, I'm good I don't need I don't need to go when it's crowded because I'm usually there all day anyway are they making their own moots there you know this absolutely is, yeah okay absolutely yeah everything's fresh every this, day. I mean this area you know actually my roommate his great uncle is the owner of Fiori's in Hoboken oh cool yeah so it's just like you know he's he's there and he's 80 in his mid late 80s and he's still he's stirring the pot in the back and just making his own moots and everything mm-hmm. so that's just that alone is and art and just I feel like there's probably almost should be a certification for that <laughs> well I, I guess it, I guess it's all into it you know what I mean because yeah. that's why they certify you because you can make the cheese for it yeah. the sauce has to be a certain way they they import them let me tell you I learned a lot from them yeah uh, on how to be serious about your brand the precision oh serious about the brand and yeah. precision too be, right? and precision yeah. if yeah. you if you you know <laughs> I think one of the uh, one of the uh management upper management had said you can't build uh, good pizza on uh, poopy foundation you know <laughs> so there's you know you learn things from everybody you learn things from places and and you kind of have to apply it yeah sure know, yeah yeah yourself. yeah and like you said like making your own brand so I mean let's talk Freetown Road project and how that you know started you know how that came to be obviously growing up and you're eating the you know the food and your parents uh, they immigrated here when did they yeah when did they immigrate here? uh 80 80 1980 okay. yeah probably i think 79 or 80 they came gotcha. i was born 80 okay so, so yeah, yeah they were probably here a little earlier but um my brother my sister i believe was born in saint vincent mm-hmm. and my brother was born in antigua but he came up when he was six uh, so i'm the only american born Oh, yeah. Out of my family. All right. Uh, which I believe is a reason why I have all of that culture still in me because mm-hmm. it's, they outnumber me. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they find out about Jersey City? Or, like, do you know, like, was there a decision process into, like, coming here? 
Mm. No? No. I, I think what it is is my uncle moved up here first. Okay. Uh, he was in the military. Uh, and so he moved into New Jersey. Gotcha. And my father came, actually my father came here mm-hmm. and worked in a city, worked like a bunch of jobs, and then helped get my mom's brothers and sisters over. All and right. then brought us over. Yeah. So he was probably here a year or two or three before all of us. Gotcha. Uh, and he's a, a chef himself. He worked. Oh, awesome. Three or All four right. jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. the whole time, and just retired from uh, United Airlines as one of the sky chefs. Wow. Yeah. So that's now, cool. so now he lives here, and Very he's cool. to make like you help me make the food, help make sure the food is is correct. This yeah, is, correct. This place, authentic. Yeah. This place yeah. is is them. You know. That's but. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So Freetown Road Project. I mean, I just even like you said, I love I love the setup. So your wife and her and your father in law mm-hmm. helped. Like I just you walk in here, and I mean. I've never been to Antigua, but you know, like I'm getting, you know, you definitely have a vibe here. Yes, you know. Yes, it, it, it and you know, it's a, a Caribbean vibe. You know, yeah. the palm trees because we. This is Antiguan cuisine. We're mainly Antiguan, but uh, my my wife's father is from Grenada and lived in Trinidad. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, you know the map that we have up there. Uh, yeah, I love it. You walk in and it's like this is where it is because I mean for probably a lot of people they're not exactly. Sure, closest I've ever been was the Bahamas, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure like like a lot of Americans, that's pro- maybe. I mean, not that it's not an unpopular place. To- no, it's well, it's actually uh, uh, expensive to stay in Antigua. Oh yeah, okay. Because <laughs> it's such a small island, mm-hmm. and, and it, I guess, I guess Do because a lot of, of things that, have to be like imported there. Or you, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of things would have to be imported there. Yeah. Uh, the Lesser Antilles, which there is Jamaica, mm-hmm. and then there's Puerto Rico. And of course, Trinidad down here, and all whole bunch of islands, yeah. many islands that are kind of forgotten: Martinique, Dominica, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Saint Kitts and Nevis, uh, yeah. and Antigua, and stuff like that. They all get kind of forgotten. So, kind of trying to showcase the lesser Antilles instead of the greater Antilles, which are always on TV. Jamaica is always on TV. Sure. Puerto Rico is always on TV, and their cuisines kind of represent the Caribbean. And uh, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but there's so much there's, more. Yeah, yeah, there's, sure. there's actually dishes for each island that are indigenous to only that island. Yeah. Uh, so what a lot of things that they eat in Jamaica, in Antigua, we don't. We have things that we eat called fungi, which is a cornmeal and okra dumpling. Ooh, that and sounds good. I know. And I told my parents, I said, <laughs> they were like, we need to have this, this. I was like, just wait. Because mm. some of this stuff is so amazing that... Yeah, we call it fungi, so they're like fun- fungi. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But if someone says a cornmeal and okra, it's basically a polenta with okra in it into a, a dumpling, you know, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. that in the soup. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? So once something like that comes out and people aren't used to it and then they try it, this was what brings the attention to the cuisine some more. Yeah, yeah. I was just watching, um, you know, the Chef Show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chef Roy Choi and John Favreau. And their recent season, they even go to this Jewish deli in L.A. And I forget what it was on the menu and what they even changed it to. But point being, it was something a bit more traditional sounding to, towards, you know, Jewish cuisine. And it wasn't doing well. And then they just changed it to, you know, like fried blah, blah, blah. You know, just and just like that. Just the name alone right. just drew people into ordering it that much more. And then once you try it, it's undeniable. Right. I mean, that's a lot of food is that, you know, like you're just like maybe the name or maybe even sometimes like necessarily the smell at first it might be like, oh, that seems like a lot. But then once you taste it, you just need to get that whole experience in. Exactly. Or even maybe the color of plates, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. 
that's definitely a lot of it means makes a difference yeah and so if you're like introducing to people that haven't had you know the cuisine before what are you like what's your what's your goal or like what are you doing what dishes maybe are you like you know transitioning people into enjoying this you know this food there's a lot of vegetable and vegetarian options to Caribbean food All right. because there's a lot of that kind of plant life and vegetation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm trying to direct people to is food that is more is better for your body. Okay. Okra, soursop, ginger, turmeric, all of these things actually help you fight away things, you know, like cancer yeah. and like, you know, sicknesses. Yeah. It, it helps your body be stronger. Which is why a lot of people from the islands live very long lives, you know, like they, they live long. Yeah. And my parents, my mom's still working six days a week. Wow. She's going to be 70 in a month. You know, I'm just yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> but, but, uh, what I love, I love okra. That's just like, the last time I had okra was down in New Orleans and it was fried okra. So not exactly. <laughs> and we have a dish that's, that's a kind of stewed okra yeah, with yeah. spinach and eggplant. And it's almost like a caponata. Yeah. You okay, know, yeah. but it's really like boiled down and it's actually one of our more popular dishes. Nice. Right. You know, people don't know what it is. They're like, what is this? And then when they see it, maybe it's even a little off-putting because it's all together in a mashup. Mm. But, you know, once they tasted, a lady had tasted it and she said, I could eat this cold. That's yeah. exactly what I'm looking to happen. Awesome. Was it always the goal to have your own spot or, you know, and just have, you know, make a, make a restaurant for this cuisine or? No. At first, I wanted to open a food truck. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to be mobile. I wanted to not have to do what they said in culinary school because the teachers say don't open a restaurant because you have to be there holidays, you have to be there days, nights, you, you live it's there. A, it's a demanding, you know. Yeah, so they're time, just like, time don't wise, do yeah, it. Yeah. If you do it, know what you're getting into. So, you know, uh, it went from a food truck mm-hmm. and then to get a small takeout and delivery place and then it grew to this. You know, mm-hmm. within the year before, we were doing events at the Midnight Market and growing the brand. Uh, and then when we decided that we were really going to get a, you know, a location, yeah, it just, uh, this place kind of stumbled. We stumbled onto it. It was a great opportunity. The landlord really believed in what we're trying to do. That's, uh, all. That's great. It's yeah. a great spot. And so when we came in here, we were going to do delivery and takeout as well mm-hmm. because having seats it's just extra money and we had to build out a new kitchen and so we were trying to get open quickly okay, yeah as time went along you know we just continued to evolve the the blueprint of what we were going to do and uh ended up with what we have now there was really no plan in the works for like a year for this it really came down to the couple of months before we opened yeah that we decided what we really were going to do and when did you guys officially open? December 22nd of 2019. Wow, so it's been, uh, what, four, four months or so? Yeah, yeah about that. I said 27th, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. December, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised there isn't more of a, a food truck scene in Jersey City. Because, you know, like, well, I mean, I know there, are, you know, downtown there definitely is some, but, you know. Well, the the uh, food truck scene was growing yeah 
well, but they have changed some some rules. Oh, okay, yeah. I know for breweries, like there's been some tougher laws and you know, stuff like that put into play for them. And so I know I'm sure there has to be for food trucks as well. Yeah, I think it got a little too costly. Okay, I think it cost too much to operate for the year, and so and also now. You you have to be in one spot. You almost have to rent the spot. You can't travel, oh, wow. which was the which best is the part yeah that's yeah is that you could just be anywhere yeah uh, now they have to stay in one spot yeah you find those hot spots for that certain time of day or something like that or day of the week or right. whatever yeah that's right. the whole ideal of the food, <laughs> the food truck is right. that mobility if so. that was the case you might as well just get a location if yeah. you could only be in one spot yeah uh, so it ends up uh, being. That's a lucky thing we didn't get into it. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, let's let's talk about. I'm definitely interested about uh, Chopped. So you're a winner of that television show, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that. So I, I actually I worked on a season of Top Chef, so I'm familiar with that whole realm or whatever. But just what was your experience like? How did you did you decide like oh I want to do this or someone suggest it? I decided. Okay. You know when when you're working in. Uh, hospitality there are times of highs and times of lows and so you do things to try to be able to believe in yourself Mm -hmm. and at the time that I filled it out I felt that I needed a boost yeah uh, in my you know courage or or, you know uh, how I feel about how I am in the industry Mm -hmm. so the application was very long they want so many essays of things and I I filled it out but you know I didn't fill out all the way you kind of give up halfway Uh uh-huh uh, and my wife finished it for me and sent it in. <laughs> and uh, I, I got a phone call for the interviews, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And they called me quick. Uh, but, you know, it took quite a while to actually, you know, get on. Yeah, it's a long it's a long process, it is. definitely. So, yeah, what was it? You're, you're there? I mean, are you a competitive person? Very. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. Very competitive. So you got the talent. You are competitive. Were you okay with being on camera and just... The realm of production, because you know, like you know, they edit it to make it seem like it's you know pretty seamless usually, and you know how there's, I mean, it's the pauses in there, and they need to, I mean, the worst part about, I just always say like, I, I still have like n- like nightmares about it was I was just I was a PA on it, and after the challenges, you know, we'd be out at a restaurant or whatever location for Top Chef. And we'd come back, and you'd have to do as a PA. You'd be doing the dishes from the, you know, from the event. But the sink was in the room where they did the eliminations, mm-hmm. and so they filmed the eliminations right after the challenge. So these, you know, everything the chefs were cooking in were just all sitting in these containers, getting all hard and crusty. And then you had to wait, you know, three hours, four hours later after the elimination and wash these dishes. But yeah, so like what was, just what was your, what'd you you take away from it? What was it like being on the actual show? Uh, It was a great experience. Uh, I I was nervous to be on camera in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but... Then you just get in the zone? Yeah, yeah, you know, after the first round, I was just like, okay, this is definitely happening. Yeah. You know, uh, so... It's on. Yeah, at the beginning, I'm just like sitting there like, wow, that's that's really Marcus Samuelson. Like, oh, that's Amanda Freitag. Yeah. And then Ted's standing right next to me telling me to open the basket. I was like, wow. You know, um, so it was just, a, a, I, like I said, I felt blessed to have the opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it was kind of surreal. You know, because it was early, really early in the morning. Yeah. 
And there, I mean, on that show, like you definitely, with those challenges, you have to cook some pretty interesting dishes, right? Like, I mean, they give you some, or they give you, you know, like, I mean, like weird ingredients and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Not necessarily things that should go together. Yeah, I mean, it's really things that you don't expect. Yeah. They're really good at doing that. <laughs> I mean, they gave me gefilte fish. In the oh, first that round. lovely. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, because I've had that plenty of times before. You know, yeah. I mean, essentially, it's a fish meatball. So I was able to. What did you end up making with it? I made a, a fish stew. Okay. A fish stew with uh, with beets. They gave me beets, um, the 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 gefilte fish, and um, I probably struck the rest from my memory because it was <laughs> so traumatizing. <laughs> but they liked it, or they yeah, they loved it. Yeah, they loved it. They loved it. Kind of gave me the. The, the direction that I should take to for the rest of the the episode basically okay yeah 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 that's uh so did you are you still talking with the people that you competed with at all or are you keeping in touch with them yeah I, I keep in touch with uh, the guy that you know um, Justin Kingsley mm -hmm. uh, he's a great chef from uh, Vegas and uh, he's doing big things right now as well. You know, we, we just keep track of each other or what each other's doing. Mm -hmm. I, I hope to go out and visit him uh, soon because he's a great chef. We were pretty equally matched, you know. Yeah. A lot of times when it comes down to that, you gain kind of a friendship from an experience like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's... That's awesome. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And now you've got your restaurant, you've got your location in the city you, you grew up in. What are... What are some things you're thinking about and wanting to do in the future? Uh, well, uh, you know, after this concept is, you know, stable, mm -hmm. uh, I still plan on opening different concepts with different food. Uh, you know, I plan on doing burgers. I plan on doing pizza. Okay. Maybe yeah. not here in Jersey City, but I do plan on doing other concepts because yeah. I have a lot of different experience under my belt and uh, once this once this vision can be uh, finally fully realized and self-sustaining and, and running then I'll be able to step away and really really just you know broaden the horizons and yeah and, and mess with a lot of food move on to the next project I gotta imagine that's you know that then that becomes the whole juggling and balancing but that's that's what it is you gotta I mean you're a creative talented and competitive guy you just gotta you know I'm sure Right, right. <laughs> Can't stop. Can't stop. Uh, I also read, uh, I think it was an NJ.com article that you had this kind of like crazy, like it was a hyperthyroid, mm -hmm. like, you know, like illness, and then just sounded like a pretty interesting story that I, I'm sure maybe some of the foodies would like to hear. So, if, something dealing with then eating a lot of mangoes and. <laughs> So if you don't mind, if you if you're cool sharing that story, yeah, I had uh, hyperthyroidism. Yeah, um, stress from the kitchen will turn you to hurt yourself basically, mm -hmm. uh, and you know you don't take care of yourself. It's it's hospitality, uh, and uh, so I got deathly ill. I had Graves' disease. I went from one forty two forty to one hundred and fifty five pounds in about a week and a half. Whoa! Yeah, so I was I was on my deathbed. Uh, how, how long ago was this? This was probably about five years ago. Wow. Uh, I would say about five or six years ago. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, we went to doctors. I got whatever x-rays and, you know, I had it. And, uh, you know, I was taking medication. 
I wasn't really gaining weight. You could see the, my ribs, all kinds of things like that. So my dad and my mom, you know, as the island folk that they are, yeah. he says, I want to take you home to see a doctor there. Uh, my, she's like, my friend from grammar school is a doctor. So we go to Antigua. It's a nice trip. Of course, beautiful island. We have family there, so we're staying at their house. Mm -hmm. And uh, we go and see him. <laughs> he looks at my face and he's like, you just need some rest. You know, and I, I, I understand that it may sound like, oh, you go all the way over there to hear that. Yeah. But we don't know how much stress we have every day when we leave our houses here. Sure. Yeah. I you mean, walk out. Yeah. Is my car has a ticket? Does my car have a ticket? Is my car getting towed? Is the mm -hmm. sweeper coming? Am I going to be late? Is the bus going to come? Am I going to run out of gas? Before you even leave your door, you have so much stress on you. Sure. In Antigua, it's such a simple life that before you leave the door, you've already eaten breakfast, sat down for a little while, had some tea, went to the beach before the sun comes up because when the sun comes up, it's too hot. Mm -hmm. So when as soon as the sun comes up. Most of the time, my parents would have me in the water to cool off. Wow. And then you go about your day. Yeah. So it, it's a total different way of life. Now, the mangoes, I learned a lot because my aunt has fields of, of many fields of food, figs, all kinds of stuff. And I didn't know there were three kinds of mangoes. I didn't know that either. There I love, I love mangoes, yeah. There's those ones that look like the little yellow kind of banana-looking mm -hmm. ones. And then there's the multicolored ones that are very large. And then there are smaller ones that are multicolored, but mostly like, you know, red. Mm -hmm. um, those two are a hybrid to the large one. And the large one has the properties of both of them. Ah, okay. So I was, and she brought home, I think I have pictures, but she brought home buckets of mangoes in a pickup truck and pulled up and my dad and myself just sat there maybe two nights three <laughs> nights out of the week and we're just we're eating them and yeah. talking you know uh, every evening you know and i mean I, for some reason my appetite came up i was just eating you know um which is why this food is so important to me because it saved my life yeah yeah I, that those like healing properties that just the yeah. okra the the soursop the the turmeric you know, I had some goat while I was there, and they used a lot of thyme and clove in that dish. You know, and then, like I said, the mangoes, this, the skins, all of it, the bananas, you know, the fish. We went and grabbed fish from there. And the thing is, the guys that get you fish, you order it, and they go out yeah. to Bar uh, Barbuda and the coast of Barbuda, which is the, the sister island, and they dive and they fish for these things. And they came out with a giant lobster with big claws, you know. It, it's how pure the food is. Yeah. And anybody from any any place off of the United States can tell you that the food has different properties. Up here now there's a, you know, they, they call it farm to table down there. It just sounds like everyday life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't think that they import okra. <laughs> I'm sure they have fields that have them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, that makes a huge difference. You know, they're soursop trees, these things and guys cutting the coconuts on the side of the road, these things are straight from the earth. There is no processing. And that's the way that we do the food here. Um, so basically, I think that really a vacation is what I needed, I guess you could say. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, I mean, it's something that we all can do. Mm -hmm. Because like, as I said, before you leave your door, 
I, I personally, I wake up and I check my phone. I'll check my balance in my bank to make sure something came out, something didn't come out. So, yeah, it's just so much. And, and when you realize that, then you can dial yourself back and control your stress because you know that all of these things are going to come anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened when I went. I did eat quite a bit of mangoes, and I'm sure that um, contributed to me getting better. But in whole, you know, you have to be able to, you know, work out your stress, yeah. as everybody knows. Uh, so, yeah, it was the food, but it was also going away to a tropical island. The environment. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and being there for two weeks with, I would say, no worries. Because, I mean, what else did I have to worry about? I was on my deathbed. Wow, that's a crazy story. Yeah, thank thank you for sharing that. No problem. Yeah. Uh, well, it's called Foodie Films for a reason. It all started as a podcast, just talking food centric movies. Ratatouille is one we're definitely going to get to eventually. There's like certain ones I'm like holding off because they're just you know kind of like the chalice of you know the end all be all. But um, but with these episodes, I like still talking at least like a food scene, and it doesn't have to be like very food heavy food centric and I, and I think from uh, I haven't asked you this yet but from your Instagram I'm, I get the vibe that you like Star Wars yes okay <laughs> so and I think even just recently posted I don't know if it was you wearing it but it was a, a chewy t-shirt yeah it was me and I'm, yeah okay there you go I, lo- I love Chewbacca and so you know I just want to play let's just play that famous cantina scene right now the introduction to Chewie, Obi-Wan and Luke and Han and stuff like that. So we're going to play that scene, then we're just going to kind of talk about that. Han Solo, I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. Fast ship? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. I've outrun Imperial starships, not the local bulk cruisers, mind you. I'm talking about the big Carillion ships now. She's fast enough for you, old man. What's the cargo? Only passengers. Myself, the boy, two droids, and no questions asked. What is it, some kind of local trouble? Let's just say we'd like to avoid any Imperial entanglements. Well, that's the real trick, isn't it? And it's going to cost you something extra. 10,000, all in advance. 10,000? I'd almost buy our own ship for that. But who's going to fly it, kid? You? You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. I'm not going to sit here and listen. We can pay you 2,000 now, plus 15 when we reach Alderaan. Seventeen. Okay, you guys got yourselves a ship. We'll leave as soon as you're ready. Docking Bay 94. 94. Looks like somebody's beginning to take an interest in your handiwork. All right, we'll check it out. So when did when did you when did you first see Star Wars? What was what is Star Wars to you? Star Wars to me reminds me a lot of my friends i have a lot of friends that are fanatics actually i have two friends who are brothers who are fanatics i mean they have (laughs) they have the delorean built 
a, a beautiful scale. They have characters, yeah. you know. And I grew up with, uh, you know, the, the, this police officer in Jersey City, Matt Lowenworth. I grew up with him. His brother before him did the same thing, uh, you know. <laughs> and also my my friends, you know, we're we're just big into things like that. Yeah. Uh, and um, I would say that it kind of signifies, uh, you know, history because it's so long and it's so many episodes and there's so many things that go into it. It, it just, I, I enjoy it because it's almost like a soap opera for people of my generation. Yeah, now it's being, you know, it's the saga. Like originally yes, it was a trilogy and now it's a saga. Saga is yeah. a, the perfect word yeah. because you can always refer to it, you know, and it's still building. It's still going on. Yeah. I mean, this is knocking um, Rocky out of the damn park, man. <laughs> Rocky can't even, you know, this Rocky's great and he tried to go as yeah, many, yeah, what did yeah. he do, seven? He, there were six Rocky movies and now two Creed movies. So, then, yeah. But yeah, then yeah, he yeah, still yeah, did yeah. Uh, the un, Unbreakables and. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I forget the name of it. He, Expendables. Yeah. 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 He, he's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. But um, with, with Star Wars, yeah, you've got like the nine episodes and then there's been. The two like Rogue One and Han Solo, right. and now they have the Mandalorian TV Dude, series. I binge watched that. That's amazing. Yeah, which in I think the third to last episode they go back to Tatooine, and we go back to the cantina in that, and we see how there's a droid bartender, which like in this you know droids weren't get that droid out of here, you know right. like, and it's just like it's it's kind of crazy how they went like let's show the passage of time, and now like. This cantina on which used to be like a like a you know slave planet now accepts droids in here and everything mm-hmm. like that. But just that original cantina scene and that is just I think one of just I mean it's one of the most favorable like you know like just all time favorite scenes for a lot of people and just made Star Wars like what is Star Wars as far as like all of those creatures and then all of a sudden you know like once the toys came out all these creatures had names yeah. and, you know like the, 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 the creatures the, the, the singer the, yeah. the, the, the cabaret singer yeah. you know like it, 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 you're right yeah. they did come out with toys they did have like uh, they gave them you know all separate little personalities yeah, and traits you know, and yeah I was totally into it because that's why I went to school for art yeah exactly it's right up your alley yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was I was in school that was such an innovative movie I mean they built original computers I mean all of that Lucas you know like Lucasfilm and THX sound mm-hmm. and all of that came from Star Wars yeah. yeah yeah. there were students that when I was in Arts Institute were doing they were doing work for that Yeah, they were doing work for that they were there were guys that were building uh, transformers, and I knew how many polygons it took to build the Optimus Prime. You know, there's a guy who was working on Van Helsing's the Werewolf transformation. Oh wow! And that was something that we were in class learning. Yeah. On how to morph from a human to, and I'm Until, sitting here yeah. next to a guy who's doing it, and I'm sitting here like I am in the right place yeah. at the right time. You know. So it, yeah, the, it's it, on different levels. On a professional level, that movie is amazing to mm-hmm. me, uh, and uh, I guess like nostalgia, right? Yeah, like it's that's part a, of my childhood. Yeah, which is what like I, I enjoyed the three new movies, but like they definitely, you know, there was like fan service and nostalgia. Like they, I, I feel like they didn't make them their own. Like Star Wars, the original trilogy is so original. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's just the original trilogy to me is still just, you know, that's the yeah. But now it's coveted. now it's about the uh, the digital, the digital, and also for you know, like, I mean, we're not kids anymore, so like, I mean, kids see them and like, it's 
they're their movies yeah. now. Yeah. You know, like it's a little a little bit of the magic is lost, I guess, in a way. You know, I always yeah. I, I compare it to like, you know, when you're a kid and like, you know, on Christmas and, you know, like I mean, believing in Santa and everything like that. And now like it's like kind of from like the parent view that you're keeping the magic going. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife is a little younger than me and sometimes when I watch movies yeah. like Little Shop of Horrors or something, she'd be like, This is too old, huh? <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> Even though I could sing the entire movie Little Shop of Hearts, yeah. oh, you know, what are you going to do? That's so good. But yeah, that yeah, that cantina scene, just the introduction of Chewie into Han, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, Obi-Wan pulling out the lightsaber. I mean, that's the first time like, we see a lightsaber being used in any kind of way. Right. Uh, a lot so, happened in that cantina. A lot happened. <laughs> so it was almost <laughs> Shit like, went down in the It cantina. was almost, yeah, it was awesome to see. And you know, I didn't think about it that way because uh, to see the cantina again in The Mandalorian yeah. and things like that, I was just amazed. I was. It was awesome to see, uh, you know, uh, the uh, hunters and how they got pushed in and how they had to get together mm-hmm. and you know what winnings they get. They make it to arm. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, last but not least, we have a little segment called Gut Instincts. These are just some questions that uh, just whatever comes to your mind first. Favorite fast food. Calamari. Calamari. Okay. I don't know if that's fast. That's not really fast. I don't want to. I mean, say. Like, you're a chef, and so like thinking about like maybe like the the cooking prep. But no. yeah, as far as like fast food, I'm gonna say pizza. Pizza. Yes. Okay. That's faster. Yeah, that's faster. And I, I mean, and we're in Jersey. That's you know, we got pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go to drink. Oh, uh, ginger beer. Ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Nice. You guys got that here. That's perfect. Uh, favorite childhood snack. Hmm. Doritos. Doritos. Nacho cheese. Cool Ranch. Nacho. Oh, Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch. <laughs> Nacho cheese is, is, is a cliche, too. Yeah. Cool Ranch, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet or savory? <sighs> Sweet and salty. That's, you know, yeah, that's fine. That's the perfect combo. Favorite food city uh, here in the States and in uh, international? Uh, would Mexico be considered international? International, yeah, yeah uh, Mexico, amazing. Yeah, even though it messes with your stomach after. Uh, and here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's it's great. I mean, that's I feel like as far as like cities go, like they're they have the most distinct cuisine to us to a city here in the states mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it, it screams to everybody's taste buds There's yeah okra seafood fried baked you know cafe du monde of course Oof, yeah you know you want coffee you want some soft pastry go there that's where <laughs> so yeah I, I definitely would say that favorite cuisine i would say asian yeah yeah i, I like to do a lot of fusion I love the the flavors and the depth and the umami of of, of Asian cuisine. Awesome. Guilty pleasure food. Hmm. <laughs> Nachos. Nachos. Yeah. yeah, I love cheese on chips for some reason. So good. Melted cheese on chips. No, that's all I need. It, there's just like I almost think like every almost every cheese melted is like better. Uh, there's something about it just so simple about like I mean and there's so many fantastic cheeses mm-hmm. but then like when you melt them 
I guess it may be the less complex cheeses, like if you melt provolone or if you melt cheddar or melt Swiss, like there's just something that comes out. Yeah. In I mean, that, that. And then if you, if it's on a crispy surface. Yeah. Just that, that texture. Yes. Yeah. That it's gooey, a, it's over. the crunchy. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, last night I just took some cheese <laughs> and I sprinkled them over um, tortilla chips yeah. and that was dinner. I made garlic bread last night, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I did. Favorite condiment? Honey mustard. I love some honey mustard. What's the last thing you ate? Uh, the last thing I ate, jerk chicken wings. I mm. cooked last night. Nice. I was just watching a video the other day, like a pop, proper like brining and letting it all. You know, mm. Yeah, they were sitting like for that. four days. Oh, four days. Wow. Yeah. This guy was like, you know, like I like to do it for, you know, yeah, like. He's like, you do it for one. He's like, you better do it for two. So four days, that's got to be. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. They're, yeah. they're going to go on a special here. Ooh, nice. <laughs> what would be your last meal? My last meal would be curry chicken. My mom's curry chicken. That's, yep. I'd, when someone asked me one time, I was like, my mom's baby back ribs. That would just be like yeah. something about mom's cooking. Something comforting as comforting, your last meal. Yeah. Dine in or dine out? Little bit of both. A little bit of both. To, yeah. to tell you the truth, cooking at home stinks because you got to do the dishes. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's definitely that's, that's yeah, the yeah. worst part is that your kitchen looks like a disaster. Yeah, so, that's, there's something about yeah going out and having someone take care of you and just yeah. So I would say dine out. Yeah, dine out. Yeah, yeah. but it's also fun. I like dining out and then trying to replicate the dish at home. Mm. That's more fun. But then you got the dishes, <laughs> especially if you're replicating and you're learning and you screw up and then you got to do something else. And yeah, just, yeah. Like, just taking out multiple pans, but yeah. <laughs> What would be your spirit food? What food best embodies you, your personality? Uh, beef stroganoff. Ooh. Uh, I used to make that for my employees in many different like uh, family variations. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, any kind of meat, any kind of fatty meat. And uh, I'm very old school. I like to make pastas and sauces and things with cream and butter. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, beef stroganoff is... Perfect dish for that, yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, you put garlic and you put shallots and then you sear off the meat and then you deglaze with a little bit of wine and then you throw <laughs> the cream and butter in there, some cheese. It's it's a party, man. Awesome. Uh, you're going to the movies. What kind of snack you having? Nachos. Nachos. There you go. And last but not least, uh, a great, if not the greatest lesson you've learned when it comes to food. The greatest lesson that I've learned when it comes to food is you could never stop learning. Yeah. There's food that hasn't been discovered yet. Yeah. Just like everything else, insects, just like uh, viruses, just like you know anything. Um, so you can never stop learning. There's mm -hmm. always something new. Awesome. Well, uh, Chef, I can't thank you enough. Please, right now, uh, tell the foodies out there where to find you, social media-wise, and obviously location of your restaurant, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Chef underscore Claudius, uh, on Facebook, at Claude Lewis. Also, uh, we'll be at Freetown Road Project, 640 Newark Avenue in Jersey City, up by Five Corners. Mm -hmm. Is a misconception. We're not downtown. We're at Journal Square, where a lot of new things are starting to happen. Yeah, this is the, the next, I think, neighborhood that's like, you know, 
that's you know it's booming and big things are happening here so yes absolutely. great location to be in yes well thank you again uh chef and we have a little catchphrase to end every episode something my grandmother always used to say uh or still says she's still around uh it's there's more to cut so if you don't mind telling that to the foodies out there um my name is chef claude lewis and there's more to cut awesome thanks chef thank you brother Rich, appreciate it yummy 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 i got love in my tummy and i feel like i'm loving you love you such a sweet